Hi, everybody. Uh, we are going to be continuing our, um, our series on the values of our church. So I'm going to go ahead and have uh, Mandy and Brandon come up here. If we could give them a warm welcome. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, we we have just to kind of remind everybody because I know that sometimes we we forget where we've been in terms of the last couple weeks and series and that kind of stuff. You guys can just pass that back and forth amongst the two of you. Um, so, um, yeah, we've been uh, doing a series on on our values as a church, and the reason for that is not simply to just be like, hey. Just so you guys know, these are our values. Uh, thanks a lot for coming this Sunday, and uh, and have a good one. Ideally, uh, as we do this, you would be internalizing these values as your own. You wouldn't say, "Oh, this is this church's values." You'd say, "Oh, these are our values." You know, these are my values uh, as somebody that is a part of this community. Um, and to remind you, last week we talked about deep relationships because we want to be deeply relational. Uh, as a church with one another. We don't want to have just surface-level friendships, surface-level uh, relationships that don't actually dive deep into each other's lives. Um, and then the week before that, we had Ronnie, uh, or last week I should say we had Ryan and Sean. Um, and the week before that, we had Ronnie come out and talk about a simple devotion to Jesus. Uh, so this week, uh, I asked, uh, or we asked rather, uh, Mandy and Brandon to come, and I'll introduce them in a second, uh, and talk about growing leaders as one of our values, growing leaders. So I, I know what many of you are thinking right now. You're like, well, I'm not a leader, so I guess I can check out during, uh, during this one because I'm not going to go grow leaders. I'm not even a leader myself. Uh, I, I do believe we have something uh, for you today, so don't, don't check out just yet, all right? Now, if they don't really you know, sell it well enough, then you can check out, okay? If they're not funny enough or entertaining enough, then you're welcome to do that. Um, but yeah, so, so Brandon and Mandy uh, are directors within uh, Focus, and many of you guys know Focus. Uh, many of you are in Focus. Uh, Brandon and Mandy are, um, are, are the oldest, most experienced members, especially keen, keen like oldest uh, members on that team of Focus. Yeah, of Focus in general, okay? Um, and so, uh, yeah, they've been doing campus ministry for over 20 years. Um, they have been people who have developed many, many leaders, uh, many people in this room, uh, whether it was uh, the, the two of them or somebody that the two of them uh, raised up in leadership have uh, been affected by their leadership. So these are people that know a lot about what it uh, means and what it takes uh, to grow leaders, uh, and not just people that are in little niches of ministry, but rather just people who, in general, whether in, as, as campus pastors or as disciples can lead other people. So that's why it's worth listening to them. Uh, they also happen to be my friends, and I like them a lot too. So they've got that going for them as well. So um, I'm going to get out of the way and just ask them questions, and then I'll probably f ask you guys some, some follow-up questions and things like that too. Uh, the first one I was just going to ask is, how do we as a church, we, you know, our family of churches, define leadership, and why do we define it that way? I kind of have this vision of how this is going to go. Like, I'll, I'll talk like 5% of the time. Brandon <laughs> will be a solid 85. And then Garrett will, you know, be the last. Let me interrupt real quick. I'm yeah, sorry. don't do that. I'll mess up. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is something that I think that Brandon and I have thought a lot about over the years. And um, 
I think that how we define leadership um, in the world is different than how we define leadership in the church. So um, I don't think, I'm not super interested in a context like this in defining what is leadership. I don't like look at Jeff Bezos and think, gosh, I want to be just like him. He, he started a company and he's a whatever gazillionaire now and he... Um, he's not someone I look up to or care much about, and I hate Amazon, so there, I said it. But, um, <laughs> but I, I do feel like leadership, just in a simple way, is just moving people from one place to another. And I think what we're more interested in is probably spiritual leadership. But I'll let you define leadership more generally if you want. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think in one sense everyone plays leadership roles throughout life. I mean, we, uh, we lead in our marriages, we lead in our parenting, uh, we lead in our, in our work uh, environments, and, and sometimes we're not necessarily, there's, there's the formal leader, there's the title leader, but then there's who's leading on any given thing, and, and we just take the lead on things, and other people follow. Uh, I think we could probably all sit and think of you know, someone that we've followed that never knew we were following them. Even if it was just following their example, we just watched from afar. I remember I had one of my young men tell me, I don't remember, he saw me like, uh, I guess we were both drinking out of a, you know, soda without a lid or a straw. And he goes, did I ever tell you why I started drinking out of, you know, without a straw? And I was like, no. And he goes, I had, um, I had, lunch one time with your brother Casey and he was doing that and I thought he was so cool and so I started doing it <laughs> not with me I also do it I was not so cool but you know it's like it, it's something that Casey's completely unaware of he's just living his life and and people are are following so I think there's this broad sense of leadership um but I also think you know for us as Christians we have a deeper conviction that that leadership really looks like Jesus and that we lead differently than the world leads. That's what I think in, in large part the, um, the, the testing in the desert with Jesus to me is one of my favorite leadership passages in the entire Bible uh, because it, it really is Satan testing Jesus of what kind of leader are you going to be? How are you going to get the results that you want to get? And I think it's, it's a passage that each one of us could look at as we think about how we lead our spouse or how we lead our kids or how we lead our friend group or how we lead as a manager at work or whatever those things are to say, do I think I, I can do it better than Jesus? Do I think that me giving in to one of these three temptations to take the easy way um, rather than, than God's way um, you know, is going to be better, and I, I don't think it ever is. And I think that's what Jesus was getting at when he, when he told his disciples, like, you know that the leaders among the godless people rule over other people, but it won't be that way among you because the greatest is going to be the servant. And so Jesus kind of flips everything on its head, and I think so much of us trying to lead, there's so much great leadership stuff in the culture. There really is. There's tons of books and resources um, but our challenge is to run it all through the filter of but which of it 
is of Christ and which isn't. Because there's a lot of stuff in this world that's effective at getting things done. Um, but the, the scripture also tells us, it warns us, you reap what you sow. Whatever kind of seed you plant, that is the kind of plant you're going to get. And, and so there's something inherent in the way that we lead that produces the ultimate result. And often we don't see that until that plant you know, is, is big and hard to uproot and discouraging to start up, you know, tear it up and start over. And so it, it really does go back to us to say like, what are we, what is this really about? Like in the, in the tiniest seed form, what are we doing? Cause that's what we're going to ultimately grow. Yeah. So I think that's why it's important. That's good. So, uh, there's probably a, a number of people, you know, in, in our church that, uh, have been a part of numerous other churches, other kinds of, uh, congregations and things like that. Um, and then also maybe some of us that are especially homegrown that don't perceive the differences in the way we do leadership from, uh, from a lot of other, you know, organizations or, or nonprofits. So what do you think of, as you look at like our family of churches style of leadership, what do you look at it and say, that's unique? Like that's, that's a little bit kind of our brand of, of leadership. Well, I think that. Our church really does focus on leadership at more of a grassroots level, um, kind of like what what Brandon said. I think that we um, we're not a church that just looks to the pastor or the person standing at the front and thinks, "Oh yeah, that person is our leader, and they're the only leader in the church and the only one to do things." Not that. Um, I think a lot of churches we have um, things like young adult ministers and youth ministers and yeah, it's not just the person at the front, but I think that we really want to cast a vision, I don't know, I was reading even the sign over there, just that we, we follow Jesus, it's about showing our love for one another, we want to bring people to know Jesus, and that's all of our jobs if we call Jesus Lord, and I think that our church really does want to develop leaders because we realize that our reach is so shallow without it. Um, I was even just thinking while we were singing, um, because, you know, looking at Andrea um, over there, I was just, like, thinking, how special it is for me to get to see her sitting here, because I met her as a high school high school student, and, you know, she, she was going to Denton. I don't live in Denton, but, but, you know, I met her there, and it was so great that leaders were in place up here at, um, and we had started a campus ministry at Texas Women's and not just at TWU, and that, I mean, UNT, sorry. <laughs> Thank you. When you're up here, man, your brain stops working because you're trying to think about what you're going to say next. But, yeah, we, ha we had a ministry at TWU, and I'm so thankful that there were people like Sarah Worsham who were there to help her move into her dorm and invest in her. And I'm like, wow, here she is sitting here. I don't even know when you graduated. But she's a school teacher, and she is loving on little kids. Huh? She's a teacher of the year. Wow. You know, and... Um, and Brad, did you ever get that while you were at Colin? Or? Brad was never a teacher of the year. Nominated. Wow. Nominated. Oh, that's, that's impressive. 
But yeah, I don't know. Like that's that's what I think is different and unique about us is we're we're thinking beyond you know our reach. Yeah. We want to want to reach further and deeper and stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, unique things. I think one of the biggest things in my mind is just I think we have a deep conviction that anyone can lead, and I think that um, kind of like ratatouille. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't, seen, haven't seen that. Anyone a, can cook. Thank you. I know that's a little okay. good. Uh, there's a, you know, anyone can cook, you know? Yeah. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, that deeply connected with them. So just, yeah, you know. that's good. That's good. Um, just just, just but follow I, I think, it. you know, when I look back at, at how I sort of thought about leadership growing up and what I saw was sort of this leaders were kind of superstars. They had this sort of check every box, have every skill set, do everything. And I remember. One, just my own wrestling with like, I don't fit that mold. And, um, but I, I felt called to certain things. And I remember going to Sikkim for the first time and, um, and them talking about people leading cores in pairs, which I'd never seen. I mean, I'd seen husbands and wives lead like small groups in church or something. But other than that, I'd never seen people paired up. And as I started asking questions and watching it, um, it was just amazing to me to see like, oh, you could put two people together and neither one of them has to be a superstar because together they can kind of check all the boxes. And um, that's been the amazing thing, even getting to work with, with Mandy all these years. It's, um, and it's not just, I mean, I am not an amazing women's minister, as you might imagine. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have time for that. We got a lot to cover. And, um, Next question. <laughs> but you know, but it, but it's more than that. It's not just oh yeah, like I need a partner because because we need a woman and a man. It's it's about the way that our strengths and weaknesses balance out. Um, and and so we've been able to do that kind of across the board. Is that we we lead in teams. We bring what we bring, and that means that we get to lead not just from our strengths, but from our weaknesses as well. And that that's a part of our leadership, is showing people that you step up even when you're not good at it, even when everyone's not gonna be wowed, that we just serve. And, um, and I think one of the other things that sadly is kind of unique, but I, I really think comes from Ronnie, is, uh, just a very humble leadership. And I, I haven't seen that a lot in the church. And it's, um, I don't know, he's drilled a lot of that into me. I mean, for years and years and years, um, you know, Ronnie would park next to the dumpster at Northeast. Like he always takes the worst parking spot. He always takes, you know, I would, I would come in the building and see him cleaning the toilets or whatever. And, and then I would go visit other churches and, you know, prominently the best parking spot marked off reserved for pastor. And, and I'm like, man, we're, it's hard for me to imagine Jesus having a reserved for Jesus in the best spot. Yeah, I want yeah, as I was thinking about what's unique, the, the word that really came to my mind is just a servant. And um, and I think that often we think that leaders shouldn't be the ones to do some of the menial tasks. Um, and I don't know, I just, I want to be known for the person who works the hardest and who... Um, 
you know, who cleans up after everyone and they don't even know. At our staff retreat, y'all, the, the, it is trashed in the morning. Like, there, the number of cups and, and things that people just leave. And I'm like, yeah, I want to be the person to clean it up. Like, you know, that's who, that's who I want to be. And I also want to train them when you have trash, just place it in the garbage can. You know, that's, that's a leader too, you know? So, I mean, I don't think we just serve so nobody else ever has to work or lift a finger or do anything, but I think that we have to set the, set the example in that, and all of you can do that. All of you can, you know, conserve. Do you think about, you know, lunch afterwards, or do you think about what needs to happen at church before everyone can leave, or, you know, do you think about um, the sound team and people like that? I think that all of us have those opportunities. How do you serve the kids at your school that you teach at? How do you serve your fellow coworkers? That that's a real leader, and I think that is unique. Yeah, I I am thinking of uh, you know many of you guys know the role leaders. You know Chris Rolleder over at Wiley, and he's a name that comes up all the time in these kind of conversations. Uh, but that's a guy who leads, and he is not outspoken. I don't know if he's ever spoken in a group of more than five people out loud before, um, but he's a guy that is just a relentless servant and leads people in that. And in the kingdom, remember, it's an upside-down kingdom, right? In the world, the most visible, outspoken ones, those are the real leaders. In the kingdom, oftentimes, the real leaders are never seen, uh, they're never uh, they're never going to get up and speak in front of people, that kind of thing. And so that's an important one. Uh, and then, you know, to piggyback on you guys about something unique, um, I just, when I think of leadership in our churches, I just think of relationship. Uh, these are people who are developing actively relationships with other people in which they're just looking after their needs. They don't need to know special things. They don't need to, uh, to, to look impressive. They don't need to do a bunch of things. They don't need to put together a bunch of programs or lead big small groups or anything like that. These are just people in our community who are actively developing relationships with other people and seeking, you know, uh, Mandy said it's broadly defined, just moving people. These are the people who are helping together move people towards Jesus. The two of them are. And, you know, that's one of the things that's so unique about our family of churches is just these, this, this super close uh, web of deep relationships, jumping off of last week, that's allowed us to not have to put together this super formal structure, you know? Um, it, there's, a, there's a method to it. We're you know, less organized, I think, than the average uh, churches, but that is on purpose um, because we emphasize different things. We're not going to emphasize the administrative, like, let's make sure that we plan out the perfect service over against the relational component of it, and that is so integral to our definition of leadership. It's just relationship. It's the language of relationship. Um, let's go to that next one. Uh, just in your own in your own words, why do you think we care so much about this. Why is this? We have five, we, we have more than five values, but of the five that we chose to make, kind of like our top five values, why is growing leaders even in this thing? I mean, to me, it's, it's because it's what Jesus really did. I mean, that, that was the bulk of his ministry, and it was the, not to say everything he did wasn't important, but when you look forward past the Gospels and, and read the book of Acts, read the letters. It's like, 
what's going on? It's, we don't see like, and then the 5,000 who were fed the food showed up and did anything. You know, it's these, it's these people that he spent his time with. Everything else, everything I think for Jesus was about growing leaders. Um, they were with him. You know, it's, it's just so rare. I can think of one time one conversation with the, the woman at the well where he didn't have one of them with him. And then even with that one, they come back and they have all these conversations, you know. And so there's always a learning and a growing um, of leaders going on no matter what he's doing. And, and so to me, that's, it's important because it was what was important to him. It was the core uh, of his ministry. And, and so often... His, his confusing teachings, the only reason we know what he really meant is not just because they recorded the teaching itself, but because they questioned him and they recorded his answers of what he meant mm-hmm. uh, a- after that. And so it's that, that relationship with these growing leaders that really defined, it's why we have the Bible even. It was those people who remembered it and passed it on because it meant, and and probably because they didn't just hear it once, he traveled from town to town, and they probably got sick of hearing all of it. You know, they probably heard him tell those parables 100, 200, 500 times, you know, over and over and over. But then when it came time 30 or 40 years later to write those things down into our Gospels, they're like, I'll never forget that. (laughs) It's like it is drilled into my mind. Yeah, I mean, that was the first thing I wrote, too. We developed leaders because Jesus did. And I think that he had his, you know, Jesus could have done amazing ministry, and he did, but he invested in the 12 who invested in other people because he's he was one per, he was still one person one human with a limited reach in a limited region and a limited culture and you look now and the gospel has reached the world um you know the corners of the world we still have much more work to do but but it's we invest in leaders because it increases our reach and Jesus knew that he knew that he wasn't going to be able to be in Africa and North America at the same time. Like he, he it, you're fixed, you're finite, you can only do so much. And so, so the more we invest in other people and show them who their Lord is, where they can go find life, um, and teach them, you know, I think of the Great Commission, he says, and teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. We're, we're commanded to teach each other, to grow, to develop, not to stay the same anymore. So I think that, um, yeah, we need to go and make disciples. A disciple is a follower of Jesus, and, and that's what we do. We follow Jesus, and we look to him as an example. So that's why we develop leaders. Well, and I just want to add one more thing, because I think, I think we often in church fall into the same kind of uh, I don't know if it's a trap. It's just kind of an immaturity that the disciples did. What were the disciples always trying to do for Jesus? Gather a huge crowd. Like the bigger the crowd, the more successful the event. And and what did Jesus tend to do? 
whenever they gathered a crowd is he would teach some really tough sermon, run the crowd away, and get back down to the faithful few that he was really investing in. And what do you see the American church doing? It's like, let's gather the crowd. Let's get the biggest number. And the, the sad thing is we just don't have Jesus there to run them all off for us so we can get back to what we're really supposed to be doing is like, who are the faithful few? Who are the ones? And, and understanding that that will grow because we, I just think we're so short-sighted. I think we've thought that we can do it better than Jesus. We can mass produce this thing. Like what if we just made a thousand at a time? But there have been plenty of leaders throughout history who have done all of that, and they, they pass away. But, but Jesus is this guy who lived in this podunk place that is not important. Like, it's only important to us because, like, we like, oh, the Holy Land. The Holy Land is just kind of a pass-through place. It was never an important place politically. It's not a big place. It's the size of one of our, like, tiny states, you know, um, I don't like Rhode Island or something like that. You're, you're just dealing with this tiny place over here. It's never a major empire. Um, and yet, and he never really left that place. He never goes to any important places. He's never in Rome. He's never in, in Egypt uh, other than as a, as a child. And, and yet, you know, I love, we put on, I think on the cover of our, our old Focus on Jesus books, uh, one of the Yale histor historians saying, if you want to measure by their effect on history, there's no more influential life that's ever been lived on the planet. You know, and what was it that he had figured out about how to really make a difference that we still just keep like, but surely that won't work. But surely we've got a better way. And, and that's why I think growing leaders, it's like, it's because we, we have a deep conviction that Jesus is smarter than we are. And if so, then it's like, well, maybe let's try his way. Yeah, that's good. So uh, many people, like we were saying earlier, many people in our family of churches don't consider themselves to be like leaders, at least in a formal sense. Um, you know, what would you say to those people about why they should value this or about maybe what they uh, can do to like live out this value in their lives? I, mean, I addressed it a little bit earlier. I'm like, you, you will be a leader in different ways. And... Uh, and I think we've got to get in that mentality of how do we develop people. I, I, one of the stories that impacted me a lot as a, as a very young man was my dad telling me when he first started in ministry, uh, he was in you know, small town Oklahoma, and he would travel from town to town, like filling in preaching. And he said that, um, you know, there, he went to this one little tiny town, and there was a woman um, who was in an iron lung, which we don't really, you know, do that anymore, but she was this older lady, um, and uh, I don't know if it was polio or something, but she was in an iron lung, and they had to kind of wheel her into the church, and and he, he just talked about, it's like, you feel sorry, you know, for this, oh, like, what can she do? But then as he was talking to them, he's like, oh, she's our most evangelistic person. Basically, every conversion in our church comes from her, and she had figured out there was a community program where you could have people come and read to you. And so she would basically just do like a one-on-one -on -one Bible site, like read this passage. <laughs> okay, now read this passage to me and <laughs> take them through. And I just, you know, it's this, it's the unexpected. It's the mustard seed. It's, the, you know, and, and God's going to use us. Most of us are probably going to end up as, as parents, 
you know, and if not, we're going to end up as aunts and uncles, and we're, we're, we have all these little people that are, are looking at us, and if you think they don't notice whether you help pick up the chairs after church or things like that, they absolutely do. They're modeling uh, and picking, and, and they notice if we collectively do that stuff. So, yeah, it is going to be, we will lead. Some of it you'll be aware of, some of it you won't know. The question is, what kind of leader will you be? And that's why I think we have to be so purposeful in shaping that. Yeah, I don't know. I, um, yeah, I think all of us are leaders. I was just even thinking about, I've been trying to, um, you know, read more since it's Black History Month, and I was just thinking about, you know, just Rosa Parks just refusing to give up her seat on a bus one day and, and sparking, you know, sparking a civil rights movement over it, you know, and you're like, wow, you know, just one person standing up for injustice and you're, and, and you see, um, Martin Luther King and people like that coming in and, um, and really leading in, he was a preacher. That's what he was. He he was a preacher, and he could unite people and, in a very unique way. And so I just think, like, when we all look at ourselves, we all have a part to play in the kingdom. If you call yourself a disciple, if Jesus is your Lord, you are a leader. You are a spiritual leader. And the things that you do, people are watching you. They notice. They um, And the question is, who are you leading them to? And, you know, what are you saying? I think that um, not everyone is going to be, you know, sitting where I am. I'm blown away where I sit sometimes. I don't really think of myself as some amazing leader. I really don't. I don't, I don't feel like... I mean, I can't compare myself to, like, a Martin Luther King Jr. or something. I look at someone like him, and I'm like, how, how did he have the words to say? And how could he get up and deliver those um, speeches so passionately? How could he preach, and how could he unite people? And then I, you know, look at, you know, myself, and I'm like, Jesus, all I know how to do is go out and love people. That, that's, you know, what I know how to do. And I want to be faithful to do what I can do, um, and to reach out to the people who God puts before me. And sometimes I feel like a complete failure um, in the way that I lead people too. I, I get it. Um, and Brandon is right. Like, <clears throat> I think that God puts the, the parts in the body as he wills. Brandon is one of the most um, oblivious people that you'll ever meet. He just does, If he doesn't notice you, it is not because he's ignoring you. He really doesn't see you. I don't know. He's kind of blind. Um, if you've ever tried to like wave down Brandon while you're driving, it's you'll not going to happen. Out. Like he's, no. I don't know where he is. <laughs> I'm like, either. I'm like, my window's down and I'm in front of him. You can be hanging out of your car, yeah. like <laughs> waving, and he's, he's not going to notice world. you. Um, and so, like, I. He does think brilliant, and he does. He really does think brilliant thoughts. Um, thank God for that. No, but, you know, even in a meeting or something, you know, I'll be like, Brandon, did you notice so-and-so's off? And he's like, no. And I'm like, you need to go talk to them. But 
we have we have our different gifts. I um, I can't do what he does. He remembers things that he read ten years ago, and he has this gift of um, he has a great memory. And and I just don't. I have to write everything down. I don't even remember what I read last week sometimes. And and I'm just so blessed to be able to work with someone like like him. But I think that is that is what's beautiful about it is God does put the parts in the body as he wants. And I have my role and, you know, my places I lead. And I don't need to compare myself to anybody else because I can only be me. Now, I need to challenge me to grow. I need to get better. That's why I like working with people like Brandon and Garrett. They make me better. They make me um think deeper thoughts. They make, they challenge me. Um, but you can do those same things too. So, so I get it. I think it is hard to see yourself sometimes as a leader, especially if you're, I'm an introvert and I was very, very shy, um, as a, um, 19 year old and God put me at a bank working and I had to talk to 400 people every day and make small talk with them. And for an introvert and a shy person, that is hell for you. But you look at me now, I'll talk to the offense post. I'll talk to anybody. I'll walk up to them. It doesn't mean it doesn't make me tired and I don't need a lot of alone time, but you've got to quit using your personality as an excuse. Um, God can grow you and use you no matter who you are. So that's some of my thoughts. Yeah. Anyone that's ever received a voicemail from Mandy that's in the five-minute range knows she can talk to a fence post. Mine, mine just will. cuts her off at three minutes. Yeah. Mine, it's not like, I don't, I I even, I don't listen to it. I'm like, I'm just going to call you. Yeah. I, yeah. I call. I'll just, when I see a voicemail from Mandy, I'm not going to listen to it. I'm just going to call her and say, hey, I saw you called. Did you get my voicemail? I did, but I did not listen to it. Sure. Sure, 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 um, so, um, sure. <laughs> so last one. Um, how can people in our church, let's say that people like have really bought in this idea and they're thinking to themselves, man, I guess I haven't really thought of myself as a leader. You know, I haven't really thought about leadership much at all, but I do want to grow and kind of figuring out how I might be able to grow into that in some way. What's, uh, what's your, your advice to them? Yeah, I bet you do. Um, I think the first thing is be around people who think deeply about leadership. That will make you a better leader. Um, People like um, Ronnie and Brandon are, um, you know, they've studied it. They've thought about it. They they talk about it. And they, they are great teachers. And so I would say that's one. And then the other one, and this is an area that I'm super weak in, is read. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of books on leadership. Um, read your scriptures. Get to know Jesus. Pray. Um, pray to God. Figure out where he wants you to lead. Where is he calling you to? Who is he calling you to talk to? And then um, I think quit thinking about yourself so much and get out there and serve people. Go, go put it into practice. You will get better and better at leading people when you start learning about people, you learn about people by serving them, hearing their stories, being interested in them. 
um, that, that's changed me the most. It's given me the widest perspective on the world around me is being around people who are different than me, who don't think like me. And that has made me an infinitely better leader than I was. Yeah, I do have a, a few thoughts on this one. Um, you know, the, the Global Leadership Summit that Willow Creek hosts has this kind of motto, everyone wins when a leader gets better. And I really believe that. I've thought about that a lot. Like when, when leaders improve, whether that's their skills or their character or whatever, you know, everyone sort of benefits from that. And so I think um, that is a great mentality for us to have as we, as we grow. Um, one sort of warning or caveat I would give with this is that I think we sometimes fall into this trap in the church, and I don't know why it's, maybe it's everywhere, but I've noticed it more in the church than in like my business career, that leadership is about knowing more. That like it's really like the leader is the one who knows the most Bible or knows the most information. Um, and it's, it's weird. It's kind of like, I was talking to, to one of my, my uh, Corfas that I mentor this week about some of the guys in his group because I think he's impressed by this leadership. And I was like, they're kind of like when a, when like a 10-year-old gets a college degree. And you're like, that's kind of cool. But, but that does not make them my peer. Like, they're still 10, you know? And the maturity level is still 10. They just are smart. And I think we've gotten sort of a, a mastery in the church at giving 10-year-olds college degrees sometimes. And that's what we call a leader. And, you know, if you, if you listen to that uh, Rise and Fall of Mars Hill podcast, some of you may have listened, one of the things they're wrestling with is sometimes in these mega churches, not always, but just sometimes the, uh, the growth of the church outpaces the growth of the leader's character and maturity. And that that really, it's an unfair position to put everyone in leader in church. And so, um, yeah, don't, don't think this is just about knowing more. Uh, it really is just about growing up. So much of, of becoming a leader is about growing up, but not aging. Lots of people age. Uh, you know, people have commented, the church has plenty of seniors. It just doesn't have plenty of elders. You know, there's a difference between just having the age and actually being the kind of man or woman that that people are like, I want to be like that when I'm 55, 65, 75, you know. Yeah, and yeah, and I think aspiring to grow up because we have a culture that just glorifies being young. I don't know, you know, I was watching funny clips the other day and um, with with some people and Ellen had this like, t-shirt that said 50 going on 15 and everyone just cheers and I'm like why is that our aspiration it's like why is that so cool is if we got to act like a 15 year old again do y'all remember being 15 it's not as it's not as glamorous as we reimagine <laughs> most of the cringy things I did you know or at least I did a lot more cringy things back then so growing up um you know, this leadership is not done, growth is not done just in a classroom. That, that, can, that is an important thing. There are places to teach. Jesus taught constantly. But, but the real leaders he was developing were doing things along the way. And they were doing things that we probably don't think they were ready to do. Remember when he sent them out two by two? And it's like, they are off. They, they're, 
he gives them some instructions, and then they don't, he's not observing them. He's going to debrief when they come back. Judas got to go. Who, who was Judas's partner? I don't know. But, you know, it's like I, I don't think I would want to be Judas's partner. I don't know that I would want to be Peter's partner either. You know, but, but he's sending them out, and they're getting these experiences, and they're coming back. Um, we get some glimpses of that with these big crowds that it's like, why did the apostles think it was their job to feed those 5,000 people? Well, probably because that was normally their job. You know, they were managing the logistics of all of this stuff. And, um, and they didn't have any special training. Being a fisherman or a tax collector didn't give you special crowd control, event planning experience. You know, they're, they're doing this stuff, and they're learning, and then they're talking through it with Jesus continually. Real quick, you know, I was just thinking about the whole, you know, what, what he sends them out to do, right? So he's only had them for a little while. And he sends them out two by two to preach the gospel in towns that they weren't, you know, uh, members of and cast out demons. Um, And so I just wonder how comfortable they felt with that. And so I see so many times super capable people who really love people well uh, and they've been a part of our ministry for years. And we're like, hey, do you want to lead a small group? And they're like, no, I'm just not. I'm not ready for that yet. And I'm like, you are ready and I know that, you know, a lot of times that's insecurity, which I think God wants to work out of us and, and not, like, feed us by, uh, by, by just kind of giving in to that insecurity. Or it's something else. It's realizing the burden of leadership is such a burden of service, and we still want to stay, you know, uh, people who are consuming rather than giving. And that's something that I think we all have to kind of grapple with before God. Are, have we been consumers or have we really been givers in that? But, yeah. Yeah, uh, one thing I think we lead in that isn't directly following the example of Jesus is that we lead by admitting we're wrong. Um, we lead by apologizing. We lead by changing when we're when we're challenged and called out. That it's just such a powerful example. Some of you had parents who were willing to admit they were wrong and apologize. Some of you have parents who've never done that once in your life, and um, but that's very formative. And so I think we, we've got to model that for one another, that none of us are perfect yet, and, uh, and that's not really the expectation. I mean, maybe people come in with that expectation, but, but we've got to teach them, like, yeah, if you're going to expect perfect, you're never going to get to be a part of a church or a family or anything, because we just, there's only one Jesus, and he's waiting in heaven to come back and, you know, redeem all things someday. Um, but I think that's a big piece of this, and it's a big part of your leadership growth. If you aren't willing to admit you're wrong, if you aren't willing to apologize, you basically freeze yourself where you are. And uh, it's only through that humility that you can really continue to improve. Um, and then uh, another thing that I would just say is, uh, Mandy talked about the books. I just think the resources are out there. If you're bold, uh, go learn from people you will be surprised who will talk to you. You know, she says, get around these great leaders. Again, some of you are thinking, like, I'm never going to be around that person. Well, maybe you could if you asked. Jesus said, ask and you'll receive. And I think I've just been surprised over the years at who will talk to me if I ask. And, you know, I'm not uh, reading books. I mean, we were in, we read a book that I think is an excellent book called The Vulnerable Pastor, I had to read it for a seminary class, and I was reading it with our apprentices, and 
they were like, man, I just was like, I have so many questions. And I was like, well, why don't you reach out to this lady? She's like some pastor in Australia. Find her, like she mentions the name of her church, find her and ask her if she talked to us. And sure enough, here we are a couple weeks later on Zoom talking to this author. And she's just delighted to do it and answer all of our questions and think through things. And so a lot of it's just that. These, uh, the kinds of, lead, I mean, I'm not trying, talking about trying to, you know, email Elon Musk or something and figure, you know, maybe he would ignore you. But a lot of these Christian leaders, they delight in being able to share the things that, that they've learned and that God has been teaching them. And so the resources are out there if you'll be bold. And then on the backside, you know, honor them and thank them. Sometimes we just, we just take and then move on. But, but you can really open up cool opportunities long down the road if you go back and say, hey, you know, here's this email. I just wanted to tell you I used what you shared with me or this was really a blessing in this situation. Thanks for taking the time. Those little things will open up doors down the road that they'll want to talk to you again. They're like, oh, that hour of my time made a difference in some place with some people who I'll never meet. That was pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, I think that's, that's a big one. Well, uh, we want to thank Brandon and Mandy for coming Can out I and spending your time. Nope. I have one more thing I want to say, um, and I know, yeah, I want to, I want to say this because I think it's important. I think that each of us needs to remember that when we made Jesus Lord, we chose to crucify ourselves just like Christ, and your life is not your own. You've been bought, and really see yourself as, as the disciple that you are, and go out and follow Jesus you're leading people to him. You're not leading people to yourselves or to some great corporation or, you know, whatever. You're, you're leading people to him, and he'll take care of all the rest. He promises he'll be with us always. Yeah, that's good. Well, thank you, Brandon and Mandy, for uh, being so so uh, willing to come and share with us. We appreciate you guys a lot. Uh, we're going to have Josh come on up and do announcements. Thank you guys so much. That was such a treat to get to hear from y'all. I did, I mean, I like Garrett a lot. I thought the subtle dig calling him a 10-year-old with a college degree was a little much. So I like him for, for one. So anyway, um, one thing that we've been doing while we've been doing this values sermon series is putting the values in our newsletter each week. And that's a, a way that you can know which one's going to be talked about next and just be thinking yourself about the values. I think it can help you to kind of come to these sermons with and these interviews with some kind of questions in mind and having already done some prep work in your mind, thinking about the topic of growing leaders, thinking about what you've observed about that in our community, what ways you could see that we could grow, that you yourself could grow. And then when you come into an interview like this, you've, you've got a little bit of a foundation laid to, to take notes, learn things, and, and take what you hear and, and take it into your practice and your ministry as you go around this week. So be sure to check those out. Write those down. Our newsletter goes out once a week. DentonNorthChurch.com slash newsletter is how you can sign up for that. But those we'll just keep those values in our newsletter the whole time we're doing this series. And maybe at some point I'll remember to add them to the website. Let's not, like, make any huge bets on that, but I will try. Um, but anyway, so please be uh, looking at that and thinking about that during the week and not just uh, being like playing lottery sort of and being like, I wonder who's going to be here. I wonder what we're going to talk about next week. That can be kind of fun, but I think you'll get more out of it if you've been chewing on it yourself a little bit. 
the next thing is showcase. We're not going to do the full, you know, breadth of of all the details about this. You guys have heard that. We've talked about it for a few weeks. But anyfocus.org/showcase is where you can see the details about showcase, what it's raising funds for, why it's important, and that's where you can buy tickets. And also, I believe you can still buy tickets from our focus staff here. Becca and Cole are hanging out the back, which I'm guessing either means they're going to sell them or they'll know who is. And so I'll just oh, now they're kind of moving. Becca's hiding. Just kidding. <laughs> um, so please be sure to do that. And then also, we need, speaking of leading and serving and putting that into practice, guess what? It's perfect because we need more sound volunteers. And Mandy shouted out the sound team just perfectly. We paid her a lot of money to do that. And so um, please talk to Hannah, who's sitting in the front row, or Sam, who's sitting in the back, about volunteering for sound team. It's a super crucial, important part of our uh, church services every week and yet not the most glamorous thing. But you do not have to already have experience. You don't have to know how to do sound already. Um, you just have to want to serve and learn, and that's it, pretty much. So um, we talk to either of those people afterward, and um, even if you just ask some questions and you're thinking, I might want to do that, I want to learn more a little bit about it, you're not committing to anything. We won't ask for your Social Security number until much later. Um, and once we sign the contract and all that stuff, you'll be good to go for the next 10 years of your commitment. But first, you can ask some questions if you want. That's totally fine. Um, but that's really important. In fact, I mean, imagine how hard it would be if all of us had to try to shout out in this echoey room about either, you know, the things God's doing in our life when we do community sharing or up here preaching or uh, worship or whatever. So it's really helpful that we can hear each other pretty well. And so that's why it's such an important thing. We need help doing that. So Hannah's right here. Sam's back there. And if there's anyone else you've seen on the sound team, you could probably ask them about it too. But please consider that if you're not already serving in some way in our church, that's a great place to start. And if you already are and you've got more time, then please consider that as well. Um, Nicole, thanks for texting me while I'm up here. <laughs> I was just like, I, I got to call you out for that. Okay, um, the last thing is just giving. And so if you want to give a one-time gift or a recurring gift, you can do that at DentonNorthChurch.com donate. And when you do that, you're investing in three things. You're investing in yourself and the friends sitting next to you, their growth. The big thing about our leaders and our, our, the people we have involved in our church is that we spend the most majority of our time investing in you and spending time with you. So as you uh, give to our church, you're investing back in yourself and your neighbor. You're also investing in the greater Denton community, the things that we try to route that money toward that are really important to help with people with practical needs in our community that we hear about. That's really important to us, and it's important to you guys. That's like a culture of our community that is, is not something we instituted. It's something that's already been there. And you're also just investing in the kingdom of God, the building of this church and the eventual planting of more churches like our family of churches does. And so those are the three things that your dollars are going to. I'm going to pray for our offering and also just pray for what we've heard today from Brandon and Mandy, and um, that that will be what goes into our weeks and, and that we'll learn from that. So, Lord, just thank you for the chance to hear from people who have been trying to follow you for a long time and have learned things from you along the way and who've seen a lot of fruit. And I personally am the fruit of the work that you've been doing through them. Lord, I just pray that you'd ask, that you'd, you'd help us to have a vision for leadership like you do um, that's super opposite of what we see rewarded in the world. It's very different from the kind of characteristics that we think seem flashy and important and impressive and all that stuff. Uh, Lord, just help change our hearts to not only be really people who desire to, to lead and to serve um, and aren't that worried about how we look and, and how much 
that we gain from that, but also people who just look around and see what the needs are. Um, you were so good at seeing what needs were around you, seeing the people that um, the disciples might have either ignored, not noticed, or um, who might have uh, thought that you would not think are important. Um, Lord, you're so good. You're such a great example of a leader. Um, help us just to be even a sliver uh, of, of the kind of leader that you want us to be and that you were. Um, Lord, we need you. We're desperate for you. Help us to depend on you because as soon as we stop depending on you, just like Theo was talking about earlier in our community sharing, as soon as we stop depending on you, we, we get off. We think we're the ones who can change ourselves, can be some big puffed up leader or whatever. Help us just to, um, to depend on you all the more. And um, Lord, you're so good to us. Thanks for just being uh, such a patient and graceful God to us. You may pray. Amen. Go on. No, come on. Hey, guess what, guys? I was just so excited about praying that I prayed instead of Kurt. And normally I have a really strict policy about the amount of prayer we have in our services. If you guys will allow us one time just to have a, a, one extra prayer, then we're going to do that. Sorry, Kurt. That's all right. Well, just ditto what he said. So anyway, no, it's cool. No, I just wanted to say uh, thanks to Brandon and Mandy for, um, I remember when they were in high school. So, uh, but it's just cool for, for, for some of us older uh, individuals to just see um, that they're still in it, guys. They're still in it, and they're still going, because a long time ago, they decided, Jesus, we're all in. And yeah, they're not perfect, and but they've they decided a long time ago to to do the deal. And, and I've known Garrett since he was a lot, a, probably middle school. So, uh, but yeah, all three of the people you saw on the stage today were all in, and and they've just wanted to follow Jesus and wanted to do the thing. And you see, I talked a couple of weeks ago about Ronnie's fingerprints on a lot of things, but you see their fingerprints on a lot of things, and we thank God for your for all of those three and, and, and everyone that's been blessed by their leadership. And we just appreciate what they've said this morning. So uh, we'll close with another little prayer and, and we'll uh, stack the chairs and go home. God, just thank you for um, showing us how to lead and being the model and the example. I thank you for um, Brandy and Brandy, Mandy and Brandon and uh, um, Garrett and just, um, their example, Lord, and that you showed them how, and, and Lord, they were willing to say, I, I'm, I'm all in, I'm, I'm willing to do your deal, and Lord, thank you for inspiring us this morning to be better at being leaders, because yeah, Lord, we, we can all lead in different areas of our life, it's just depends on, are we going to lead for you, or are we going to lead for the world, and we have to make that choice, Lord, every day we get up, Lord, let's say that, hey, we're going to lead for you, and Help us to do that, Lord, because we need your strength, and that's the only way we can do it. Uh, Lord, we just um, just want to pray for um, baby Elias as he continues to grow in Tong and Autumn, and um, thank you for blessing them. We just pray for our mothers and fathers that are um, expecting and um, that they uh, for the new ones that are coming along and for all the kids you bless us with. Lord, it is so great to see little ones running around here and just um, we just get to see the joy of another generation growing up, Lord, and we pray that as a church that we will continue to direct them towards you. Uh, thank you for your love and thank you for taking care of us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right. Thank you all. Thanks for joining us for our sermon podcast. 
We would love for you to join us on Sunday morning or in one of our small groups during the week. And you can get more information about that at DentonNorthChurch.com.